0: Welcome into this bonus episode of your favorite Locked On NFL podcast. This is a special edition of the Locked On NFL Draft Draft Prep, where we're giving you the best draft fits to solve your favorite NFC team's biggest needs. If you also want to hear the AFC teams, head over to Locked On NFL Draft on your favorite podcast provider after the show.
1: You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome in everyone to a special episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Draft Prep. We're here to help your favorite NFL team solve their biggest needs with the best fits in the 2023 NFL Draft. We are your hosts of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite NFL Draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson. On the ones and twos, as always, find me on Twitter dp underscore nfl i am a national scout for the draft network and your favorite and local running back guru and as always you already know what time it is the champion is here with me keith talk to him
2: what's up everyone this is keith sanchez senior draft analyst with the draft network and like my guy dp always says 2019 national champion lsu tigers yes the best team ever assembled here to bring you championship level content Based off of your favorite teams, their biggest needs, and how this year's draft prospects can help take them over the top. We'll kick off the NFC teams with the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers' top three needs heading to
3: free agency are quarterback, quarterback, and quarterback. Hi, I'm Julian Council, the host of the Locked on Panthers podcast. And no, quarterback is not the only need for the Carolina Panthers, but certainly it is the most important need for the Panthers back at the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. Panthers general manager Scott Federer said no more patches at the position. They need to find a long-term solution. That means no more Sam Darnold's. No more Teddy Bridgewater's, no more Baker Mayfield. It's time to go out there and find a franchise quarterback, and I think they're probably going to do that via the draft. Now, if that's the case, the Panthers need to build around a potential rookie quarterback, and it could help by having a safety valve out there at the pass catching tight end position. The last couple of years, for whatever reason, former head coach Matt Rule had no interest. And utilizing the tight end in the offense, the Panthers have ranked at the bottom in the NFL from production out of the tight end position. That has to change, especially with a very deep tight end class available in the draft and in free agency. And then lastly... If you get a pass catching tight end, you also need some help at wide receiver. There's no one on the Panthers roster that has proven. Terrace Marshall Jr. certainly has the ability to be that number two, but so far has not shown that through his first two years in the NFL. So what the Panthers need to do is go out there and get another veteran wide receiver to help a rookie quarterback here in Carolina. For more on these team needs in the Carolina Panthers, be sure to subscribe to the Locked on Panthers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day
2: quarterback 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 we got the trade man the Panthers are sitting at number one right now and they need a quarterback so you know who I'm going to go with for the Carolina Panthers I'm going to go with someone um that you know ceiling may not be as high as will Levis or Anthony Richardson but he's steady so I'm going to go with Bryce Young for the Carolina Panthers to provide some stability to a franchise over the past couple years been rather unstable
0: Keith I like that choice, and we got to give Bryce a tight end, right? A pass-catching tight end as, he's, as he, uh, he listed there. I think about Tucker Craft from South Dakota State, a big-body guy that can move well, and really, with, especially with a team like Carolina that has focused so much on the run game, Keith, I think the play-action pass— be able to tack up the seams and give them some free runs uh, right up the middle of the defense and really tack vertically. I think that he'll, Tucker Craft, tight end out of South Dakota State will be a great addition and a nice addition to this passing offense. Let's hear from the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs>
1: The Seahawks officially have their quarterback under contract for the next three seasons. Now they need to shift their focus onto the trenches on both sides of the football. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. After a surprising playoff berth with a 9-8 record a year ago, the Seahawks have Geno Smith back under contract with a three-year extension and plenty of skill player talent around him now they need to address the offensive and defensive line. In particular, the interior offensive line with center Austin Blythe retiring. They'll be looking for a new starter most likely through the draft, a really solid draft class at the position. There's some intriguing free agents available as well. On the defensive side of the football, they adopted a new 3-4 scheme last year and some of the pieces felt like they were putting round pegs into square holes. There could be some major makeover along the defensive line and including the defensive tackle group with Puna Ford heading to free agency. They may look to bring in some different types of players that better fit the scheme that they are running. And at the edge rush and linebacker positions, they're going to be looking for some reinforcements as well, especially with Jordan Brooks, their starting middle linebacker, potentially out for the start of the 2023 season with a torn ACL. For more on the Seahawks team needs, make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every
0: day. Let's go 12, right? You know, you got Geno Smith's taken care of, and but your center retired. So let's give you another one. And a guy that I really like. John Michael Schmidt, center out of Minnesota, strong Keith. We met him in person. Kid is filled out. He looks ready to play in the NFL, and he can work for his own scheme. He can help protect Geno Smith, but also create running lanes and cutback lanes for the dynamic cutback running back, Kenneth Walker III. I really like John Michael Schmitz to the Seahawks here.
2: Yeah, DP, the Seattle Seahawks have two first-round picks and two second-round picks. So when it comes to draft capital— yeah, four for four. For when it comes to draft capital, they're loaded, man. You know what you could do? You could draft a lot of good football players. So after you draft John Michael Smith, you can address the interior defensive line position and get Clemson defensive lineman, Brian Brissy, a versatile guy that can play the one, three, five alignment. And it's a guy with a high motor impact and character, knocks it out
0: the park. And to close it out, if they need an edge this is a really good edge group, especially for outside linebackers and guys that can stand up in the two-point stance. And you know one of my favorites in this class, edge out of Auburn, Derek Hall, a, a physical explosive edge rusher that plays with really good hands and, and good length. And a guy that's still developing his pass rush repertoire, but you talk about being able to help on, on the rundowns and being a really good run stuffer at setting the edge and then develop into a go-to pass rusher. I think he has that ability. But let's hear from the Chicago Bears next. <laughs>
4: The Chicago Bears could use a little bit of everything this offseason, but more than anything else, they need players that can be difference makers. I'm Lauren Cox from the Locked on Bears podcast. And really, the Bears need guys who can make high impact plays in the big moments. That's defensive linemen who can get after the quarterback. The Bears have not had a very consistent pass rush. Certainly this last season felt like they were the worst pass rush in the NFL and they could use as many as four new defensive line starters, but I think Bears fans would settle for one or two. They also need high impact players on offense, pass catchers that can make Justin Fields' job easier, convert that key third down and just get open when the quarterback needs him to be so he doesn't have to do it all with his legs. You have to throw in offensive lineman in there as well, even if they're not quite the same level of difference makers as the pass catchers or pass rushers. But for more on these team needs and the Chicago Bears, be sure to check out the Locked on Bears podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team team. every day.
2: You want difference maker? I have a difference maker at the edge rusher position. And I'm going with Clemson edge rusher, Miles Murphy. We're talking about 6'5", 260 plus pounds. And not many defenders in this class have the bend that he has, man. And I'm going to tell you one thing. I believe that he's just scratching the surface of what he could be as a pass rusher. So talking about a, a complete edge rusher that has developmental upside. I go with Clemson edge rusher, Miles Murphy.
0: Keith, I, I like that pick, and I want to go ahead and add a dynamic, explosive pass catcher for Justin Fields. Let's go to Cincinnati for Tyler Scott, wide receiver, 5'10, 177. He jumped almost 40 inches, 11 in the broad, and a 4'4 4 in the 40, Keith. And this is a dynamic player that can really work out of the slot. You can use him in motion, play him a little bit out wide. And this is a young man that can really add some more juice. They have Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. I'm telling you right now, I think Tyler Scott could be big for this offense. So let's hear from the San Francisco 49ers next.
5: It could be nearly impossible for the San Francisco 49ers to attack their biggest need this offseason. I'm Brian Peacock, host of Locked On 49ers, and offensive line is by far the biggest need for the Niners heading into the 2023 offseason with two starters hitting free agency. First, right tackle Mike McGlinchey. I don't know how the 49ers are going to find enough money to match what offers he's going to get on the free agent market with all of the quarterback or all of the offensive tackle needy teams to protect their quarterbacks around the NFL. So if he's gone, where do you go? Do you do you sign a guy? Can you draft a starting offensive tackle late third round where the 49ers have their first draft picks at those comp picks at the end of round three? Will be difficult. More easy for the 49ers to re-sign. Last year's starter at center, Jake Brendel, or find a starting caliber center on day two of the NFL draft. The next biggest need for the 49ers is a versatile defensive back. The 49ers will most likely bring back Tashawn Gibson at free safety, but a long-term need there potentially. Jimmy Ward, likely the one that is out for the 49ers, and the defensive tackle, Javon Kinlaw, I don't want to call him a bust, but he's been very disappointing since coming out of the first round of South Carolina in 2020, has not been able to stay on the field and been very inconsistent when he is on the field and not a good fit at that one-tech nose tackle type position that the 49ers are looking for, and they need a better, more stout run stuffer on the inside long term. That is a need that they can find in the third round and potentially later in the NFL draft. For more on your San Francisco 49ers, you can find me every day, Locked On 49ers. Be sure to subscribe, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team, every day. Not a Nation. nation. Listen, I totally understand you're not picking to the third round. And that's because you got Christian McCaffrey. So, hey, you should be pretty happy with that. But you do need a right tackle. And one of my guys, and Keith, you know him, over at Georgia, the opposite tackle from Broderick Jones Warren McClendon, the six foot four big guy, he looks like a defensive lineman because he he uses the old school neck roll for whatever reason. I think it's for intimidation purposes, but he's powerful, he's athletic, he can really help in their run game, especially when they want to do run, go to some of their versatile stuff in the pull game and in the screen game as well, and they help protect whoever is back there at quarterback. So Warren McClendon, right tackle out of Georgia, I think this is a good fit.
2: Yeah, listen, we're talking about versatile defensive back as a need, right? And I have a versatile defensive back. Let's go to Louisville, and let's go ahead and draft Louisville defensive back Keytrail Trail Clark. Man, you're talking about a guy that has outside position of versatility, but he can also play inside. And if you ask me, he's the cornerback version of Jimmy Ward. Man, this guy is physical. He plays with a physical temperament and a high motor. So Key Trail Clark is definitely a guy that the 49ers should go after in this draft. And you want to stop the
0: run. You need a big... Defensive tackle that's gonna clog lanes and hold up gaps. Look no further than Coastal Carolinas, Gerard Clark, six foot four, 340 pounds. Let's play some zero tech, one tech, two eye, all of that, right? He he former tight end convert Keith guy has some explosiveness for a 340 pound body but he has the power the length the play style that you look for to really create some chaos on the interior gaps to really stuff the run as a former running back the last thing we want to see is a big boy like that coming through the line of scrimmage so i think gerard Clark will be a nice addition to helping them stuff the run but next up let's hear from the minnesota vikings
6: I'm Luke Braun of the Locked on Vikings podcast, and the Vikings' top three needs are probably cornerback, cornerback, and then cornerback. (laughs) Their room right now consists of Cameron Dantzler, who got benched for a waiver wire pickup last year, and two uh, second-year players who could not crack that same starting lineup in uh, Caleb Evans and Andrew Booth. They've got Tay Gowan under contract, who's a futures contract, and that is the room. That's the entire room right now. They might bring back guys like Duke Shelley and Patrick Peterson, but their biggest need is cornerback. They need warm bodies. They need starters. They need backups. They need everything. That room as it stands right now is entirely unacceptable, and they'll probably hit that free agent market really hard. After cornerback, it depends a lot on the next few moves the Vikings make. They... Cut Eric Kendricks for cap space, they might do something similar with Adam Thielen, which would make wide receiver their next biggest need. Although, in the draft, they probably that need is probably pretty intense, anyways, because Adam Thielen is old and you kind of need it for the future. Uh, but if they release Sidarius Smith, that need kind of becomes edge rusher. If they let Dalvin Tomlinson walk in his contract voids, then it's an interior thing. Um, it really depends on where that cap casualty lands, as for the rest of the Vikings' needs. Uh, for more on these team needs and the Minnesota Vikings, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day
2: cornerback 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 it seems like the minnesota vikings always draft a cornerback and they still need a cornerback but i think i'm gonna have a long-term solution dp we're gonna go with minnesota we're gonna go with maryland cornerback deontay banks man a guy that checks all the boxes is a complete corner and i really like his versatility as far as his ability to play man play press man or he can play some zone i think this could has the potential to be a lockdown number one corner in the nfl
0: And, Keith, because the fact that Adam Thielen was a cap casualty, they already had a need at wide receiver before that. The need is even bigger now. Let's go to North Carolina wide receiver Josh Downs, one of my favorite receivers in this class, a dynamic route runner, Probably arguably the best route runner in this class, right? Up there with JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He plays basketball on grass or on turf. Whatever whatever type of uh, ground you put him on, he's going to know how to cross up these defensive backs, man. A really talented receiver that even though he's sub six foot Keith, he plays the ball at the highest point with a, literally with a big man's mentality. I love that about this kid. I think he could pair very well with Justin Jefferson.
2: Yeah, not nah, agreeing. agree. Let's round this thing off in the trenches, man. Let's talk about interior defensive line. And we're not going to go far from Minnesota. We're going to go right there to Michigan. And we're going to draft interior defensive lineman Mazzie Smith, man, a guy that has positional versatility, right? But he's real strong at the point of attack. And we know that this Minnesota Vikings defense needs some run stuffers up front. So I think Mazzie Smith is the exact guy that uh, Minnesota Vikings need.
0: Let's hear from the Dallas Cowboys next. <laughs>
7: going into the nfl draft the dallas cowboys know they have to find some offensive playmakers hi i'm landon mccool with the locked on cowboys podcast and the three biggest needs for the dallas cowboys going into the nfl draft leads off as i mentioned with offensive playmakers a third option someone to stretch the field someone to scare defenses to shy uh, shy away from trying to put all their resources towards CeeDee Lamb and stopping Tony Pollard. That certainly has to be at the top of the Cowboys list. Coming in at number two, I think, is a, an interior offensive lineman. They are on the last year of now Pro Bowl center Tyler Biotish's deal. So I think trying to draft somebody who could maybe help you a little bit as left guard this year, maybe swing into center next year, uh, is someone that, that would really interest the, the Cowboys, uh, especially in the second or third round a little bit later in the draft. Uh, and I think the third biggest need for the Cowboys is Is the guy opposite of those interior offensive line and interior defensive linemen cowboys desperately need more talent there so look for the cowboys to be on the shopping market for uh, a a violent interior defensive lineman either a run plugger or someone who get upfield and chase the quarterback a little bit Uh, the cowboys tend to move these guys around a little bit so versatility will also be a big plus for them for more on the dallas cowboys make sure you check us out on the locked on cowboys podcast if locked on podcast network your team Every day.
2: How about those Cowboys, man? We have to get this thing figured out, man. CeeDee Lamb needs a running mate. You know what we're going to do? We're going to stay in the Lone Star State, man. We're going to get TCU wide receiver Quentin Johnston. Yes, he's going to fall to the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to scoop him right up and we're going to have one of the best young tandems in the NFL for Dak Prescott to deliver the football to.
0: I like that Keith they complement each other well. Well, you know what, Keith is it, you know, great minds think alike because they need an interior offensive lineman and I know a guy at TCU who's a body mover. He's a people mover. He's a physical guy, and that's guard Steve Avila, Keith. I absolutely love his his play style. Granted, it's a little biased because I'm a former running back, so I love a guy that moves the way he does and throws bodies around in the club. I think you put him there, whether it's Zeke in the backfield or Tony Pollard, they want to get the run game going, right, to set up Dak Prescott. Steve Avila being plugged in at one of those guard spots can really help bring that physicality back to the Lone Star State. I like it. I like it. If you watch
2: the Dallas Cowboys, you know that they like interior defensive linemen that can move, man. And I'm going to tell you one guy that moves the best, and that's 6'6", 300-pound Florida interior defensive lineman, Gervon Dexter. I think he fits great into Dan Quinn's scheme. This is a guy that can offer pass rush value, but if you work on the little details, he can be a true run-stuffer for this Dallas
0: Cowboys defense. I like that, Keith. Now, let's go down to the Motor City. Let's hear from the Detroit Lions. (laughs) Hey everybody, Matt Derry with the Locked
8: On Lions podcast. Let's talk about some team needs for the all-of-a-sudden NFC North favorites in 2023, the Detroit Lions. First and foremost, when you talk about a need for the Lions, it's cornerback. Jeffrey Okuda is already there, we know that. Will they re-sign guys like Mike Hughes and Will Harris? We know Amanio Ruarie is likely going to be gone, and they've got Jerry Jacobs, who's a solid player. But the Lions are looking to this draft to help on the defensive side, which we know they are. Cornerback is certainly a position of need. Also on that D line, maybe adding another edge to the mix to go along with Aiden Hutchinson, Romeo Quara, Charles Harris. That crew is something to look at. Same on the interior at defensive line. I think the Lions will look for an interior defensive lineman of some type in this draft. Brad Holmes has drafted a lot in two years. Defensive lineman. He loves them. And right guard could also be a need for the Lions. Will they bring back Halopulavati, Vaitai or let him walk and save about six and a half, seven million. Evan Brown started there at right guard this past year, but he's an unrestricted free agent. In this draft, maybe at 18, possibly in the second round, if the Lions were to snag a pretty good offensive lineman and plug and play him in at right guard next to Frank Ragnow and Panay Sewell, I think the Lions would be in pretty good shape. For more on these team needs and the Detroit Lions, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Lions, the podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team. Every day Keith, Dan Campbell loves was it ankle biters, knee biters, whatever phrase he used of biting. It shows he wants some tough guys in his room at the cornerback spot opposite of Jeff Okuda. Let's go down to Illinois to cornerback Devin Witherspoon. Maybe the most physical corner in this class, a guy that will come and punch you in the mouth, hit you in the run game and then strap down and lock down your number one receiver. I love what he brings to the table. Really good, uh, really good talent. I'm talking about getting two bookend corners. I think Devin Witherspoon out of uh, out of Illinois would be a great addition to this defense.
2: Man, I like that pick. I think I love that pick, DP. And we're talking about tough. We're talking about physicality. It doesn't get any tougher than Auburn edge rusher, Derek Hall, man. You're talking about a guy that can operate the opposite side of Aiden Hutchinson. An edge rusher brings that physical temperament, man, to really complement what Aiden Hutchinson does, and it really gives them a powerful one-two punch along that defensive line.
0: Yes, sir. You're talking about adding a powerful punch. One of the guys that I really like who slept on in this class, and you're talking about needing to up great at guard, Tayshaun Manning uh, out of Kentucky, Auburn transfer. So he's got that SEC in his blood through and through defeated cancer in high school. So Dan Campbell's going to love this kid. He, he, he's fought through adversity, but he's strong. He's physical. He's powerful. He can move guys off the spot. He can climb to the second level, keep Jared Goff or whoever's that quarterback clean, but let's get that powerful run game going. Now you talk talking about getting some things going. Let's talk to, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
9: Carlton Davis can't do it all by himself, so the Buccaneers have to prioritize cornerback in the 2023 NFL Draft. I am James Yarko, one of the hosts of the Locked on Bucks podcast, and heading into the 2023 NFL Draft, the Buccaneers' biggest needs all come on the defensive side of the ball with the most glaring hole at cornerback, with Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting, both primed for unrestricted free agency. That leaves Carlton Davis and Zion McCollum as the two corners on the team. McCollum has to take a big step forward if he is going to get any consistent playing time in the near future. Another guy that can't do it all by himself is Vita Vea. so defensive end is a big need for the team. Logan Hall had an underwhelming rookie season, so improving the interior rush for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to open things up for the edge guys needs to be a big emphasis in this draft class. And finally, safety Antoine Winfield Jr. is on the cusp of all-pro status. But with Mike Edwards, Logan Ryan, and Keanu Neal all gone, that leaves Winfield and converted corner D Delaney as the only two safeties on the roster. And no one loves versatile safeties more than Todd Bowles. For more on these team needs and all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers, check out my co-host David Harrison and I on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Keith, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to roll with Kyle Trask, let's make sure this defense is ready to roll with them. And using Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy bunting to free agency, let's fix that. Let's go to Georgia and get cornerback Keely Ringo. I think he fits the mold of what Jamel Dean was, a tall, long, high-hipped, athletic straight line speed type of corner that can match up with different type different body types at the wide receiver position a guy that can play outside he may be able to cover some of the tight ends that you may see in the nfc as well or if you make it to the playoffs so i think keely Ringo, cornerback out of georgia i like to play some here with the tampa bay buccaneers
2: Yeah, I like that. DP, you went to the state of Georgia to draft a cornerback. I'm going to return back to the state of Georgia to get a versatile interior defensive lineman slash edge rusher. And that's Georgia Tech, man. We're going to get Keon White, man. A guy with tremendous upside, that's super fluid, versatile, has upside as a pass rusher. But he can also play against the run. So you're talking about a Tampa Bay Bucs roster that needs those versatile players
0: up front. Keon White is definitely that. Keith, let's round it out. This team needs safety help. And I know a safety that really gives the versatility and will fit with uh, Todd Bills wants to do. Let's go to Illinois, and I'm going to call out Sidney Brown. We saw him down at the, in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, and they had him covering tight ends and receivers. And he did it all well, hyper-athletic, uh, a hyper-athlete at the DB position, and he's rocked up physical Built similar to uh, Antoine Winfield as well. So you get that versatility. You can move those guys around. And Todd bulls could have some fun with those, uh, with those DBs in the back end of his defense. Let's hear from the Los Angeles Rams now.
10: I'm Travis Rogers from the Locked On Rams podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're here to talk about the three biggest needs that the Rams have As they head into the draft, it is very obvious the Rams have a lot of needs, but none bigger than the offensive line. The Rams are going to have to find somebody to help out Aaron Donald along that defensive line getting to the quarterback, and of course, they need a little depth at the wide receiver position. Let's go through it one by one. The biggest Achilles heel of the Rams last year was that they could not keep their quarterbacks safe. They could not find a way to run the football effectively. They could not find anybody that would allow any of their four quarterbacks to have some time back there to find wide receivers and that's because their starters all got hurt they need to find a way to add some depth to that offensive line and inevitably Injuries are going to happen up front, and the Rams got killed up there. Need to find some depth for that offensive line. Number two, as good as Aaron Donald is is getting to the quarterback, as good as Aaron Donald is at everything, he's going to need some help getting to the quarterback. Whether that comes with another defensive lineman, whether that comes in the form of a linebacker, the Rams are going to have to find somebody that can get to the quarterback that might even free up Aaron Donald a little bit, take some of the pressure off of him that he's been carrying for a very long time. And then lastly, of course, They need to find some playmakers at wide receiver. Cooper Cup should come back and be back to his old self. But beyond that, the Rams are very, very thin. With Allen Robinson likely leaving the team, the Rams need help at the wide receiver position. Those are the three spots that they needed. For more news on your Los Angeles Rams, check out the Locked on Rams podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
2: Hey, the Los Angeles Rams, they need to be able to protect Matthew Matthew Stafford if they want him to stay healthy, right? If they want him to stay there, be their quarterback for the next five years and make another run at this thing. And they don't have a first-round pick, so this is going to be key. So they're going to have to go searching in the second round. And in the second round, they find offensive tackle from Maryland, Jalen Duncan. Yes, this guy is an extreme athlete. He's really good, and it's also really upside. And I think he could protect Matthew Stafford blindside.
0: Keith, they talked about adding some more help for Aaron Donald, right? We know he's a monster on the middle, but they lack edge help. And I want to look at Isaiah Maguire, edge rusher from Missouri, 6'4. 265 we saw him down at the uh, senior bowl as well long limb kid that can really rush off the pass off the edge and rush the passer and I think he's also someone that's developing his uh his repertoire his pass rush plan but you, you like I said you know Aaron Dawes will get double and even triple team you need someone with athleticism and length to come and collapse the pocket off the edge yeah, now I'll tell you one thing,
2: DP. The, the Los Angeles Rams in the past have done a really good job at finding wide receivers in those middle rounds. So in the middle round for this draft, they go after Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed, a guy that can play also on the outside, but also on the inside and has real versatility and is explosive. So you're talking about a great compliment to Cooper Cup and what he does. So Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed is the selection for the Los Angeles Rams.
0: And not my, that might be my favorite one of all of them. I really like Jaden Reed, man. Uh, but, Keith, let's hear from the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay
11: Packers need to add some dynamic weapons to this passing game to help who we assume will be Jordan Love. And they need some help stopping dynamic weapons in their secondary. I'm Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers. And when it comes to remaking... A Green Bay Packers team after a disappointing 8-9 and season. Two things really stand out. And it's ultimately three positions. Because the Packers have a tight end room that has been decimated by age and by free agency. Josiah Deguara is the only player under contract we are sure is going to be back with the Packers this season. And so they could use a middle of the field pass catcher. Now, don't stop there. At tight end, add at receiver. Christian Watson was a revelation as a rookie. Romeo Dobbs showed some nice flashes, but we expect Alan Lazard to move on in free agency. Randall Cobb, his future seems unlikely to be in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay. And so that leaves the Packers at least a receiver short. On the other side of the ball, safety is where they could use some help. Adrian Amos did not have a season up to his standard And his contract voided. So he could be back in Green Bay. We don't know if he'll be back in Green Bay. And Darnell Savage, a former first-round pick, was benched. He was moved to nickel corner. That seemed to be his best position, frankly, in a while for this Packers defense. But that leaves them potentially two safeties short. Only one if they move Russell Douglas to corner. But they may not want to do that. So that means
0: they need players there quick, fast, and in a hurry. Will Aaron Rodgers be a Green Bay Packer? Keith, we don't know. But what I do know is that they need tight end. And I got a guy down in Notre Dame that can really help this offense. Michael Mayer, who some and most believe is tight end one. He may not be the most athletic, Keith, but he just gets the job done. Steady, Eddie. He has a big body. He can block in the run game, which they have two really talented running backs, but he can also find the soft spots in zones. Great uh, route runner you know, for a guy that's not the most dynamic athlete, and he's got really soft hands, a reliable target in the middle of the field.
2: I like that. I like that. And you know what we need, man? We need a complimentary wide receiver slot guy to compliment Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. So we're going to go with Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers, man, a guy that gets after it. he's tough. Everything as far as his character is well documented. And I think as far as if it's Jordan Love there, this is a real easy security blanket. Somebody you can get the ball in his hands quickly and he can turn a five yard pass into a 60 yard touchdown.
0: They need safety, Keith, and I want to go to Illinois to Jartavius Martin, 5'11", almost 200 pounds, 4'4", athlete. I think he jumped the highest of everyone at the combine with 44 inches in the vertical and in over 11 in, in the broad and as explosive athlete that Illinois put him at deep safety. You know, some single hop, but they even walked him down against the run and in the nickel versus wide receivers. So that versatility Keith. you know, my favorite phrase, the more you can do. I think John Tavis Martin will be a really nice asset to this team. Let's hear from the New Orleans Saints. Well, the Saints
12: got their quarterback, so they're all done, right? Not so fast. I'm Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast, the three biggest team needs that remain for the New Orleans Saints, interior defensive line, running back, and one that not a lot of people are talking about, Safety. Let's start with interior defensive line. The fact of the matter is the Saints have no defensive tackles under contract presently going into 2023, though they do hope to retain former draft pick David Onyemata. But even if they do, they'll still need more players on that position group and particularly guys that can help in the pass rush and be disruptive in the passing game. As for running back, the Saints star running back Alvin Kamara may miss at least six games, potentially more as his ongoing legal process continues, but Even with or without Alvin Kamara, the Saints can use an all-around running back that can operate in place of Alvin Kamara in tandem with Alvin Kamara and potentially be the future beyond Alvin Kamara as well. And as for safety, yeah, the Saints have their starters, veterans Tyron Matthew and Marcus May, but Marcus May also has his own ongoing legal uh, situation going on that could cause him to miss time in 2023. So a versatile safety that can come down and play downhill in the box, but can also give them some coverage on the back end, whether it be with split safety rules or single high would be massive for the New Orleans Saints in 2023 as well. For more on the Saints and these team needs, make sure you follow along with the Locked On Saints podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day
2: who that said they're gonna beat them saints man we're talking so we talk about the history of the running back position man we're talking about Reggie Bush right then we talk about Avin Kamara so you know what we're gonna do we're gonna draft another offensive weapon and running back Jameer Gibbs yes I don't even want to call him a running back because at Alabama he was the best wide receiver on the team and you're talking about kind of filling out a wide receiver need and then also a running back need I think it gives Derek Carr all of the options and weapons he needs on the offensive side of the ball
0: Keith, you know, know, I'm a Gibbs guy, so I like that a lot. I like it a lot. Now, for me, I want to go to the interior defensive line, and let's add some talent, some juice. A former five-star recruit for the South Carolina Gamecocks, Zach Pickens, 6'4", 290, almost, you know, a little over 34 inches on the arm explosive athlete, he can really come off the ball with with good bursts and power. Got the length to stack and shed blocks and really be disruptive. He just needs to be a little bit more consistent, but I think that this is a guy that can add some talent to this defensive line.
2: Yeah, man, I'm about to do something I don't think anybody's going to do. I'm going to pair a LSU player in safety, Tyron Matthew, with an Alabama player in safety, Jordan Battle. Man, you talk about a great complimentary piece. Tyron Matthew is more of that cornerback type position. You know, he relies on instincts and, you know, he plays the ball well, but then Jordan Battle is that guy that can really plug holes, right? You can roll him down close to the line of scrimmage. He can act like a third linebacker. He can also cover those bigger tight ends when need be. So, you pair Tyron Matthew with Jordan Battle, you have a hell of a one two combination for the back end of the safety for the Saints defense.
0: I like it Keith. I like it. Let's hear from the Washington Commanders.
13: Trenches, trenches and maybe some aerial defense. I'm David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast and that's where the t- the three primary team needs lie for the Washington Commanders as I look at them as we get closer to this year's NFL draft number 1 you got to win in the trenches, and the offensive line for the Washington Commanders seems to be the weakest part of trench warfare for this team. Flip to the other side of the trenches, and the defensive line looks a lot more talented. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Fedarian Mathis coming to his second season, Chase Young, uh, and Montez Sweat. But you got a lot of questions, so a lot of question marks on a very talented defensive line means you need to bring in some reinforcement, start grooming some young guys to potentially take on some starting roles. And finally, looking at the secondary, Benjamin St. Juice was in training to be a nickel corner last year before eventually being moved outside. Do the commanders stick with him out there? If they do, they need a new nickel. If they move him back in, you need a new perimeter cornerback and a safety. You love Derek Forrest. You love Cam Curl. Danny Johnson stepped up well. Jeremy Reeves. They have a good group, but do they have the depth in the back end to secure them against a couple of injuries if they suffer them, especially going up against types of teams like the Philadelphia Eagles? are My three team needs entering the NFL draft season for the Washington Commanders. For more on those team needs and the Washington Commanders, check me out. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Commanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: The commanders need to fix the trenches, Keith. And I think I know a guy that can help. Let's go ahead and grab offensive tackle from Ohio State, DeWan Jones, big six foot seven, six foot eight. Three hundred and fifty-pound guy, but Keith—he played basketball. He has nimble feet, and he's gonna move anyone that's in his path. He wanna—they wanna run the ball with new uh, offensive uh, coordinator Eric Bieniemy. I think Dewan Jones on the edge on the outside can really help that.
2: Hey, I like that. I like that. You know what else the commanders need to address? This interior defensive line. So follow me real quick, DP. Jonathan Allen, University of Alabama. Deron Payne, University of Alabama. Fidarian Mathis, University of Alabama. So we're going to keep this simple and we're going to find a value pick, man. We're going to go with Byron Young defensive lineman from University of Alabama man should be able to grab this guy in the mid rounds and he's another guy that plays the run well and he's a guy that you can really groom
0: cornerback is a big area of need for this team and man this is a loaded group and I, and they need a, they need somebody on the outside a, a true go-getter Keith, I like Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, and a, a good athlete, a guy that can run with almost anyone. But he has the size, he plays physical, and I just th- I feel like he's going to bring some of that 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 sauce, some of that attitude back to Washington to that secondary, especially with those very talented safeties they have. I really like uh, adding Tyreek Stevenson to this secondary. Next up, the New York Giants. <laughs>
14: With a few additional pieces on both sides of the ball, the sky could be the limit for Big Blue in the season ahead. Hi, everybody. I'm Patricia Chena of the Locked on Giants podcast. And perhaps the top need for the New York Giants this offseason is cornerback. The team never really found a strong solution after being forced to cut James Bradbury due to salary cap issues. And with Adoree Jackson entering the final year of his contract this season, The time might be right for the Giants to dip into a deep cornerback class that's loaded with guys that can play press man coverage. On the offensive side of the ball, the Giants must find a legitimate X receiver. The Giants need to find someone ideally with height, speed, and the ability to separate while also having an ability to make the tough catches in traffic if they want to take their offense to the next level in year two of the Brian Dable era. And finally, the Giants might want to add some depth at edge rusher, where they have a potentially solid one-two punch in Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojulari. but currently they lack a viable third option they can deploy on obvious passing downs and in the event of injury to one of those two. The Giants edge rushers accounted for just 14 sacks combined, a number that defensive coordinator Wink Martindale would no doubt like to see increased. For more on these team needs and the New York Giants, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On podcast family your team every day
2: hey the Giants Wink Martindale he likes to play press man coverage right so you know what we're going to do in order to play press man coverage what you've got to do DP you better be able to run man so let's get the fastest cornerback at the NFL combine let's roll with DJ Turner and listen this pick is not just because he runs fast the guy can actually play football he's a very talented corner smooth feet smooth hips transition well And you can fit him and throw him right into this Giants defense
0: Keith, they need a big body, fast X receiver, right? Someone created in the lab of sorts. I want to go down to Ole Miss. Wide receiver Jonathan Mingo, 6'2, 220 jumped almost 40 inches, ran over 4'4", four, four, man. Explosive guy that can play on the outside. We saw him in Mobile, and I, that's when he really got on my radar, Keith, because he really popped to me, the ability to fight through contact, run good routes for a big-body receiver, but also to be able to separate vertically. Kenny Galladay couldn't do it. I think Mingo can.
2: Yeah, and listen, man, in this division, right, where you have Dak Prescott, you have Jalen Hurts, it's important to have edge rusher. So you have to have edge rusher depth, man. And I'm going to go with one of my favorite players, Tennessee edge rusher, Byron Young. Man, this guy's explosive off the line, characters through the roof. And you're talking about being groomed to be on the opposing side of Cabo and Thibodeau. Byron Young is definitely that guy for the Giants to snatch up here.
0: Oh, man, I think we, I think we did a good job. I think we did a good job for the Giants. But let's hear from the Atlanta Falcons
15: fixing the Falcons defense takes priority entering the offseason I'm Aaron Freeman host of Locked on Falcons when you look at the Falcons three biggest needs they are improving the pass rush finding more help at cornerback and bolstering their offensive tackle spot the mantra for several years now has been finding Grady Jarrett more help up front and since he cannot do it alone adding another edge rusher or another interior presence that can help the Falcons pressure. The quarterback is their biggest need, but it's not simply about what they do up front. It's also the back end too, where the Falcons have several needs in their secondary, but one of the ways that they can improve that unit is finding a capable young corner opposite AJ Terrell. That is considerably younger than the veteran Casey Hayward. And finally starting right tackle. Kayla McGarry is a free agent. Yet, even if the Falcons are successful in re-signing him, finding a swing tackle that can be groomed as the heir apparent long-term for the 31-year-old Jake Matthews would still be near the top of the Falcons' needs list. For more on the Atlanta Falcons, their team needs, and their offseason moves, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
0: day. Dirty birds, listen to me and listen to me well. I'm going to bring some talent to that defensive line and help my guy Grady Jarrett out. Keith, I'm going to go into your region and to Texas Tech, to Tyree Wilson, 6'6", 35-plus on the arm, an explosive Physical and powerful guy that really for me, he may not be a true edge, Keith, but I love what he can do on the interior defensive line, really going head up to those guards and collapsing the pocket. I think him and Grady Jarrett could create problems for the NFC South quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, man. So listen, after you address that edge position, man, you have to address the cornerback position. And we're going to go with cornerback from Stanford. Caillou Blue Kelly, my guy, man, over six foot, can run, is smooth, extremely competitive, and she'll make a great uh, one-two punch on the back end at,
0: at that cornerback position. Keith, finish it off. Let's Let's add some more help to the trenches on the offensive side of the ball. I like Jalen Duncan at tackle. Physical, athletic, guy that really has strong arms, has good length. He's just someone that still has to continue to develop. But that was Caleb McGarry when he was coming out of college as well. So you lose him, I think you can plug Jalen Duncan in at right tackle, but we also know he can play left tackle, and let's really fix this offensive line. Let's hear from the Arizona Cardinals next. (laughs) The Arizona
16: Cardinals have three glaring needs that are all tied for first. I'm Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals. The first most glaring need for the Arizona Cardinals is at the pass rush position. It's, it was anemic in 2022, and with Jonathan Gannon coming in and his triumvirate of defensive-minded coaches, the Arizona Cardinals desperately need more talent on the defensive side of the ball to help this team move forward, especially from the edge rusher position. The sick, the second biggest need the Cardinals have is probably tied for first, and it's at the offensive line. If you don't protect Kyler Murray, none of this is going to work. And with Rodney Hudson being released, the Arizona Cardinals offensive line in flux pretty much from tackle to tackle, the Arizona Cardinals desperately need young and strong talent to protect Kyler Murray. For the next decade. And finally, the third biggest need for the Cardinals is at the cornerback position. Since Patrick Peterson a decade ago, the Arizona Cardinals haven't had a bona fide CB1 with Byron Murphy potentially on his way out due to contracts and maybe getting more money elsewhere. The Cardinals may have another glaring hole at the cornerback position, something they need to shore up during the draft. For more of these team needs, and the Arizona Cardinals. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Arizona, you have a new coaching staff, a new GM, you have new everything. So that's good for you. Now let's go ahead and get you a new pass rusher. At three. Keith, let me get Will Anderson Jr., let me get the Terminator, let me get somebody that's going to bring some leadership, some physicality, some explosiveness to the desert, some things that they desperately need in terms of turning around this franchise. So Will Anderson Jr. off the edge, sign me up.
2: I like it. I like it. When you're talking, Will Anderson, you said one word. You say physicality, right? So we're going to keep that theme going with the offensive line, and we're going to go to Florida, to the Swamp, to Gainesville, and we're going to draft interior offensive lineman Osiris Torrance. I said interior offensive lineman, but the guy measurables, they kind of lend themselves to where he can possibly play tackle for you in the pinch. And listen, we don't want Kyler Murray to get hurt again, so we're going to protect him up front. Osiris Torrance is one of the most physical interior offensive linemen in this draft.
0: Keith, I, I like that a lot, right? And and like you said, we they need cornerback too, Keith. And one of the better cornerbacks in this class is right down in my neck of the woods in South Carolina, that's Cam Smith, 6'1", 180, out of South Carolina with the Gamecocks, a sticky man-to-man corner that plays with that. You know, he he loves to use the seatbelt treatment, just like J.C. Horn, his former teammate. And he, he's going to bring some energy. He's going to bring physicality. and He's going to bring an attitude to this secondary to match what a Booter Baker already has there. So that's what I think will help this secondary and this defense. Cam Smith, cornerback out of South Carolina. And let's wrap up with the NFC Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs>
17: Despite making the Super Bowl in 2022, the Philadelphia Eagles have a lot of short term and long term needs. I'm Louis DiBiase, host of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Those three biggest needs number one, depth on the defensive line. Number two, a short term and long term starting cornerback. Number three, future solutions to the right guard and right tackle positions. When you look at number one, the defensive line, yeah, they've got Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis, and Milton Williams all under contract long-term, but Fletcher Cox is a free agent. So was Javon Hargrave. So was Ndonick and Sue, Brandon Graham, Lindvall Joseph. The Eagles made a Super Bowl in large part because a historically deep pass rush carried the defense. Number two, at the cornerback position, James Bradbury is going to likely cash in with another team this free agency period because of a historic all-pro season for the Eagles last year. Darius Slay also on the opposite end of 30. They have that 10th and 30th overall pick. The Eagles need to finally take a cornerback in a loaded class. Number three, Landon Dickerson and Jordan Maialata, they're with the Eagles long-term, but Jason Kelsey could retire soon. Lane Johnson's not going to play forever. And Isaac they their starting right guard, likely to cash in elsewhere in free agency. The Eagles like to be deep and star-filled. On both sides of the trenches, those are the important needs as well as the cornerback position. For more on the Eagles' needs, subscribe to Lockdown Eagles, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The
2: Eagles made the Super Bowl in a big part because of this historic pass rush, right? So we're going to keep this pass run thing going, man. And we're going to go with edge rusher from Georgia, Nolan Smith. Outside of Will Anderson, I think this is the most physical edge in this entire class, but then he compounded that with showing to be one of the most athletic defenders, period, in, at the NFL Combine. So you add Nolan Smith into the rest of this mix, man, and the Philadelphia Eagles continue to dominate as far as rushing the quarterback.
0: Keith, I'm not gonna lie. I love that you're gonna pair no, you're gonna pair Hassan Reddick with Hassan Reddick II. I love that completely. Let's go in the secondary, Keith, to Oregon State cornerback Rajon Wright. Uh, 6 almost 200 pounds, long arm corner that can play press man. He can play off. He has good instincts, good ball skills as well. Keith, pair him up opposite of Darius Slay. You want to have a good pass rush. Now you want to have two good corners in your back end.
2: Man, I like it. I like it. And I think, listen, the Eagles at the back end of this draft, they're going to have the opportunity to draft someone, right? And I think they go down to Syracuse and they draft Matthew Bergeron. This is a guy that has versatility playing on the left or right side. So really good football player that has athleticism. And we know that the Philadelphia Eagles like to do versatile things with their offensive line as far as climbing to the second level. And Matthew
0: Bergeron definitely has that ability. For the champ, Keith Sanchez, I'm Damian Parson. Thank you for joining us for a fast and furious Locked On NFL Draft prep. That's the NFC. You want the AFC? We got you covered. Just keep up with the Locked On NFL Draft podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Make sure you check out your favorite NFL team's Locked On podcast as well. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.